It is noon straight up on this Tuesday, and you know what that means. Time to talk to our friend Tommy Kern of NBC Sports Boston. Tommy is brought to us by Dr. Matthew Lopresti at Leonard Hair Transplant Associates, the hair doctor of Tommy Kern at 1-800-GET-HAIR. And he joins us on the Harbor One Hotline. Tommy, good afternoon. How are you? What's up, Gresh? How are you, Christian? Hello. How are you? We're uh, we're okay trying to make heads or tails of everything going on with the Patriots. And let's start with this. Um, DeMario Douglas got sat after his fumble. It's been something that Bill Belichick has done for years. Fourier and I unpacked it a little bit yesterday. After having some time to marinate on it a little bit, Tom, uh, is it as egregious an act as it seemed to be at the time when Bill Belichick sat down DeMario Douglas? I don't know how egregious you guys felt it was. I don't think it was ultimately the difference between winning and losing, but I think it's not being cognizant, if you're Bill Belichick, of where you are as a team. You can't afford, with a less talented roster, to sit a player who contributes a unique skill set. And I understand that Bill has been, you know, Harry High School hard-ass with the benching of the rookies every time they make a mistake. And I think a lot of players, Christian, you can correct me if I'm wrong, kind of applaud that to a degree. You know, they have, they have to learn. But I didn't see a fumble from DeMario Douglas that resembled the fumble from Ezekiel Elliott the week before. DeMario Douglas got ambushed from behind. He had much more security on the ball than Ezekiel Elliott did. And it didn't, to me, rise to the level of get him off the field, he can't play. I don't know what goes on in practice. I don't know whether he's had been plagued by fumbling issues. I don't think he'd be out there fielding punts if it was, that was a concern as well. But to me, it's a disconnect between how good the team is offensively, what it lacks, playmaking and speed, and then cutting off your nose to spite your face so that you can chest puff about being a no-nonsense coach. I, I just I don't get it. So Tom, so I just um, at one o'clock we're we're going to dissect what I call the the losers playbook. Okay, this is what all zero and two teams have in the NFL, and it was uh, it it brought uh, my attention to your article that you have. It's and the, and the headline is persistent face planting now part of the Patriots' identity. I don't know if you wrote the headline or not, but the very first paragraph, the very first paragraph goes right into the whole play, losers playbook that I kind of talk about is. And I'm just going to read it to you. Then I want you to discuss it kind of in detail. You say, just a point of order before we start, the Patriots weren't really close to winning Sunday's game. They didn't come up just short. That's what players say, you know, when they're 0-2, right? It's almost like this delusion of being close and coming up short. And I don't think you kind of buy it. No, and I did buy it in week one. And I'll I'll cough to what we talked about last week. The Patriots... This past week, there was a, a certain persistent storyline that, wow, they just came up just short. I mean, had Cole Strange picked up that first down there, and they didn't have the review. They were at the 30-friggin' yard line. They were not breathing down the goal line's neck. They were at the 30. They were reduced to a play, which was a check down on 4th and 12, I believe, to Mike Jasicki who was easily stopped and had to pitch the ball. God bless him, good resilience. But to me, 
they were not close to winning the football game. They were close to picking up a first down to extend it. And the same thing kind of existed the week before. 29 seconds, I believe, remained when the throw to Keishon Booty was caught, but he was out of bounds. And they were going to be at the eight-yard line, but they were on the 22, I believe, when that play started. Both of those drives were marred by second down or first down sacks. So they find a way to mess up. They make a furious push at the end to come close to setting themselves up to be in position. And then people like me go, it's a good try. But like I said last week, the moral victory only stands if you learn from it and do something the next week with what you learned, and they failed to do that. In fact, they repeated what they did in week one. Uh, where are you at on Mac Jones's play after two weeks? Fine. B minus B, victim of circumstance. Nothing's really changed in my estimation of where I thought he'd be. I think he's an efficient, effective quarterback who's above average, and you put him on a better team, he'd be a better player. He is not going to make chicken salad out of chicken poop, but he's going to put something on the table that's worth eating. <laughs> so, I mean, it's like... <laughs> Yeah, it's not bad, right? After 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 a couple bites, it's it's just not bad. Yeah, it's, it's good job, good job, man. Yeah. It, yeah. it, <laughs> it looked it looked gross, but it eats well. Yeah, it eats oh, well. I love it. Yeah, yeah, not bad. So Thanks, I don't blame him. Look, it's 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 knee bucklingly stupid to throw a first and ten interception to Devontae Parker with Xavier Howard in coverage when you're at the 22 at the end of the third quarter and you've been clawing back and clawing back. Don't put the ball in harm's way like that. That's a lesson that should have been learned after the first possession in 2022. What's the upside? What's the risk? To me, the risk was far too high on that throw, and it wasn't there. Find the stuff that's there. So I hated that play. And that drops him a full grade in my book. Mm, wow. Tom E. Kern with a hot fire. Um, it felt like they were forcing the ball to uh, Parker as well in that game well, against that, Miami. Well, that one, I would love to go on a deep dive about why I, I give half the blame to Devontae Parker, but we'll save it for another time. Yeah, you can't be breakdown. six foot four and get pushed yeah. out of bounds by bullied. a 5'10 guy. Um, hey, uh, Tom, what do you think of. Um, um, like most quarterbacks, like reputation is based around fourth quarter comebacks, you know, that whole thing. Like, you know, when and, and, and so far in two games, Max had, I would call it three opportunities where they had the ball last and each time he came up empty. And I would and I don't think he has a fourth quarter comeback to speak of yet. I don't know. Maybe you're right. But is there what does that say about the quarterback or is that? Or is that not even fair? Or is it a bigger indictment on the team? Either one. Your call. I don't know. I mean, I, 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 I can't specifically say whether it's Mac or whether it's the people surrounding him. I mean, he does not have the ability to scurry around for 15 seconds and create something that's not him, even though I think he showed some good mobility this week. Um, and he has continued to show good mobility and playmaking. So, to me, it's an indictment. But is the indictment as a result of what we're seeing with the players around him, or is it an, indict, an indictment of Mac Jones? Look, the sacks, the sacks happened against Minnesota last year. The sacks on the final drive, the sacks happened here. The sacks happened in week one. Um, is that because of the offensive line? Is that because guys don't get open? Is that because Mac's not elusive enough? 
all of the above. And those are what are killing their comeback drive opportunities. I think he does a good job getting the ball out quickly and knowing where he wants to go with it. I don't think he has great arm strength, which we all understand. And that prevents a ball like the one to Keishon Booty last week from being completed in bounds. Yes, both feet were out of bounds. But if that thing was on a rope, it might have found him before he got to the sideline. So all of it conspires. Uh, Why was Booty sat? Like, why was Booty down this week? It, it Well, because it feels Parker like... Parker was active. No, but it also feels like, hey, you know what, kid? You also made a mistake. DeMario Douglas fumbled in the game. He got sad. You got two chances to get your feet in. Didn't happen. Munch, go take a seat this week and let a true pro do it. I wonder if there was any of the Belichick rookie mentality that went into Booty, considering Mac took it really hard on himself that, hey, I should have basically put Booty in a better position for him to do his job with some question as to whether he was at the point to get his feet in or not type thing. I just wonder if all that ties together in this sort of offensive mind screw that feels like it's been going on for a while. I agree. I mean, Kendrick Bourne lined up illegally. How many times, how many times did we see players jump off sides? The Keishon Booty thing, you're exactly right. I think he was fulfilling Defonte Parker's role the previous week, and that's why his snaps were so high. Devontae Parker's back. Booty sits down, but you know where else could he have been on the, on the active roster that day? Don't know. But basically, you then wasted an active roster spot on Demario Douglas by saying he can't be on there on the yeah. field. Well, and, they, and Jalen so, Rager was up. What was the point correct. of that? Yes, yes. Like, you're, that's you're the one exactly that got right. me. Like, everybody's making a bit. Listen, if taking freaking Pop Douglas out of the game after a couple of plays caused them to lose, then we got a way bigger problem here. They can't put Kendrick Bourne in that spot to call the freaking plays that Pop could have run, for God's sakes. Like, we're turning this guy into Julian Edelman 2.0 and that they fell apart because this dude didn't go, yet the guy who couldn't get his feet in bounds the week before gets replaced by somebody that no one is in love with, and then they brought up Jalen Rager from the practice squad to stand there and dap Mac. Like, that's the stuff that gets me. But, oh, my God, they didn't play a rookie after he fumbled, which has happened here for 20 years under this guy. But Jalen Rager standing on I'm the not, sideline fondling himself. I'm not getting hot at you, Tom. I'm just, I'm getting hot no, at no, that. No, but I don't at, know. At the narrative just, of the whole, like, roster spot thing, and it tied into Demario Douglas, and there was a guy there who literally, I don't even know if Rager got even a special team snap on Sunday. Yeah, I think, so you're, you're just carpet bombing with agitation. Like, I'm <laughs> mad about, I think the Demario Douglas, I think the Demario Douglas thing was dumb. I think Keishon Booty's a good player. On the second one, he definitely got pushed out of bounds. I mean, it's just he definitely was pushed on the hip, which caused him to go out of bounds. I don't know if both feet would have been in bounds or not, but I think that we're hammering the guy for a mistake that the players make because he happens to be a rookie. And I think Bill is, you know, easy target. Let's let's do that. Let's let's teach a lesson. There's a lot more lessons for this team to be learning among veteran players than scapegoating rookies, to Ooh, be really honest. That's an interesting... Scapegoating rookies. That's an interesting uh, mm. statement and comment mm. right there. I think uh, that's Kern. chapter five in the Loser's oh, Playbook. I think I just added another chapter. You're now adding uh, You're now adding chapters. Yeah. Uh, well, that's a good point, but but uh, real quickly, because uh, there are some people that would love to have a caller segment with Tommy Kern. I feel like, would you be up to that if we had a one week, we just had a segment where you took uh, calls from listeners? <laughs> 
He doesn't like that. Let's talk offline. Okay. It's mean, a good okay. conversation okay. for offline. I'm just, it's, up, it's up in the air. I'm putting, I'm putting it in the atmosphere. Can you do that okay. on a day when I'm not here? Because I can only imagine some of the things that people okay. would ask Tom. Last question for me. Yes. Um, Tom, how shocked do you think Bill and this team is uh, realizing that they are 0-2 right now? I don't think they're stunned. I think they must be absolutely despondent over the fact that they dug holes and they've been outscored 19 to nothing in the first quarter. And really, what's 19 and 17? No, what's 16 and 17? 33 to 3 in the first mm, segment of the game. Man. I mean, that's just knee-bucklingly bad, especially when you pledge to be a Bill Belichick team. They're just so far removed from being the team we remember. So far from being a team. Make sure, man, I feel like I hear the sadness in your voice. <laughs> Do you not, Gresh? Didn't he I, just go into a dark I place? I said 10 and 7. I said 10 and 7 because I said they're going to fix it. Bill is Bill. Mm-hmm. He'll always be Bill. Do you, He's going to get these guys going in the right direction. So you would not change your earlier preseason prediction for this team? If I gave you a mulligan right now, would you change your opinion of how they're going to finish? I still think that Bill will be Bill. And he no, will no, get no, a no, no, no. Do you, would you like no, to change? No, no. Tommy, with no, 10 and 7. See, Tommy you're and I are, seven. You're, you and I are sharing a brain, I'm brother. Wobbling. I'm, I'm not, wobbling. I'm that uh, Fourier I'm weak. Is, Fourier is wobbly. And Tommy, let me add uh, let me add a question that would or could support still thinking 10 and 7. Are special teams back here in New England? Have they fixed that portion of the game? Yeah, seemingly. I didn't like the offsides on the kickoff, but yeah. Such <laughs> yeah, a rare, that was, such a rare that was, And that was so weird. And, and TV, never happens. TV did a terrible job. They, like, they didn't even show us what the hell happened there. That was odd. Yeah, everything is temporary at this point, Andrew. No, I'm not. Tommy, after what we saw last night on Monday Night Football, you're exactly right. You look around the league and the 0-2 teams in the AFC – are the Broncos, the Chargers, the Patriots, and the Bengals. You might have had a couple of those, or one of the two of those teams in there, but not all four of them at 0-2 at this wow. point in the season. Tom E. Curran yeah. sticking with his earlier prediction. You are an oak, my friend. The great oak. <laughs> You're an oak. Tommy and I stand beside <laughs> each other. And that's what makes an oak tree strong. There the it way. is. That's the root right. System. Deep roots. Shade tree grush. <laughs> Tommy Gerd of NBC Sports Boston. Thank you, friend. We appreciate you. I know you'll be on with uh, Jones and Mego on Thursday, and I'll talk to you on Sunday before the game. Thank you. All right. Have a great week. All right. Thank see you, buddy. There goes our guy, uh, Tommy Curran of NBC Sports Boston.